I'll tell you what, we are so blessed with this worship team. Can we just thank God for them and for their ministry? Without a doubt, one of the hardest disciplines for the Christian to be consistent in is prayer. One of the hardest disciplines to be consistent in our daily walk with him is prayer. It seems it's so easy for other things to intervene in our life and prayer to be cast aside. We started a series last week in the Gospel of Mark that we called Marked because we are all called to be marked as his followers, to be people who represent him. And I invite you to take your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 29. I invite you to stand with me in honor of God's word as I read this passage, and you can follow along. Mark chapter 1, verse 29. And immediately after he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John, Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the fever left her, and she began to serve him. That evening at the sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everybody's looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for this is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for the power of your word. Thank you for the power of your spirit. And thank you that you understand what we're going through right now. Break down barriers. Break down walls. And help us these next few moments, to just listen to you and connect with you. Change us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You can be seated. The mark of a Christian, the mark of a follower of Christ, is a man and woman who are marked by prayer. 
And if you notice with me, look at verse 35 in this passage. Jesus has just had a full day of ministry. He had healed. He had cast out demons. And notice what happened in verse 35. It says, rising early in the morning, while it was dark, he departed and went to a desolate place. When it says, while it's dark, literally, if you go back to the original language, it means about four in the morning. No show of hands, but how many of us, after we've had a long day, long day of work, long day of ministry, long day of caring for our demands and the things in our life, get up at four in the morning? Not me. And here it says, he got up early in the morning, while it was dark, went to a deserted place. The term desolate place here is the same term that's used in chapter 1 when it talks about Christ going to the wilderness to be tempted. Why is it that he did this? Why did he withdraw to spend time with the Father. Here's why. Here's the big idea I want you to get from this whole message. Making prayer a priority protects from distractions. Making prayer a priority protects us from distractions. Let's be honest. Our life is filled with distractions. Demands from people, demands from responsibilities, and our minds get cluttered as well. And Jesus is teaching us today, if we're going to be a follower of Christ who is marked by him, we need to make prayer a priority because it protects us from distractions. And I've discovered that if I start each day with the fact of all that's on me, everything I have to do, and I feel overwhelmed from the beginning, I feel overwhelmed the rest of the day. Can I have an amen to that? See, but if I start off and I just breathe and say, Lord, talk to me. I can't do it, but you can and I give you permission to do it through me, then there's strength, then there's confidence, then there's focus. It's interesting, in the Gospel of Mark, there are three occasions where Mark writes the fact that Christ made prayer a priority. The first here is at the beginning of his ministry. And what's interesting, in each of these occasions, each of these three, It pictures it that he goes off alone in the dark to a desolate place. The second is found in Mark 6, 45 to 47, where it says this, Immediately he made his disciples get in a boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. Now stay at this verse, while he dismissed the crowd. Now notice this thing here. He says he sent them off into a boat. The context, look here, was he just fed the 5,000. And everybody wanted to make him king because they didn't want to go to the grocery store anymore. They just wanted him to meet their needs. And Jesus says, "Uh uh-uh. Not why I came. And so he sends the disciples off into a boat. And if you read the rest of that account, he sends them off into a storm. Hello? 
You said you loved me and you're sending me into a storm. How many can relate to that? And you see, it says he sends them off. But what does he do? Next verse, he says he took leave of them and went to the mountain, read it with me, to pray. Why? Because he knew what they needed and he knew he needed connection with his father. The third time it comes up in the Gospel of Mark is in chapter 14, verse 32, when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane getting ready to go to the cross. And he says to his disciples, read it with me, sit here while I pray. Why? Because he knew making prayer a priority protects from distractions. See, in each of these accounts, we find that Christ is equipped with focus because he prayed, with commitment because he prayed, with courage because he prayed. And can I talk to you about something? If Jesus needed this, how much more do we? See, if Jesus felt the need to come aside, to come away, to focus on prayer, how much more do we? See, prayer protects us from being distracted by being focused in three key areas. Let me give them to you. The first is this. Prayer protects me from being distracted so I can be focused on, number one, what you're called to do. When you pray, it equips you to focus on what you're called to do. Jesus could have done any number of things. But you'll find in the Gospel of Mark, he didn't heal everybody. He didn't go and reach out to everybody because his face was set for the cross. And he knew what he was called to do. What I found is when I pray... It protects me from distractions and allows me to focus in on what we're called to do. One of my favorite speakers is a guy by the name of Bob Goff. And Bob Goff is a speaker who's just energetic, filled with all kinds of energy. And if we go to the next slide, I want to show you his picture. And he wrote this awesome book called Love Does. And in this book, he talks about how he uses his life to impact people and doing all different kinds of things. You need to check him out in regards to YouTube or other places of his teaching because he's just energetic and he's filled with energy. But in this speech that he gave that I heard him give, he talked about one of his weekly practices is called Quitting Thursdays. And in his book, he talks about how every Thursday he chooses to quit something or to remove something from his plate or to remove some clutter in his life. And when I heard it, I thought, say what? I'm not one who quits anything. You know, I'm one of those, like when you go to those old church covered dish dinners and your plate gets full and there's still more at the end of the table, you just layer it on top and layer it on top. And maybe some of you can relate to that too. But what he chooses to do every Thursday is chooses to say, what kind of clutter can I get rid of out of my life so I can be focused on what I'm called to do? That is so good. Prayer protects you 
from distractions. See, it's a lot like this. This is an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. And most college students, high school students, when they're given an assignment, are given an assignment to write a paper that has a one-inch margin around the whole paper. And if I were to ask you, how much do you think that one-inch margin takes up of this paper, most of you would say, well, probably between 15 and 25%. But here's the truth. It takes up 37% of the paper. If you double-space what you're writing, that means half of the paper is just space. There's nothing there. Why is that? Why is it that we don't, when we read a book or read a magazine, we don't see print covering the whole page? Because we need margin. We need margin to be able to process what we're taking in. And that's what we need in our lives. And so making prayer a priority protects you from distractions what you're called to do, to be focused on what you're called to do. Second, to be focused on how you're equipped to do it. See, when you look at what you're called to do, but how am I equipped to do it? The Word of God says, faithful is he who calls you, who will also do it. Psalm 46.1, God is my refuge and strength. Listen to me, anything God calls you and me to do, he will always equip you to do it. Can I have an amen to that? See, anything he calls you to do, he's going to give you what you need to do it. Paul wrote it this way, Psalm, Philippians chapter 4, I can do what? All things through Christ who gives me strength. When I spend time making prayer priority, It protects me from distractions so I can be focused on what I'm called to do, how I'm called to do it, and number three, why I'm called to do it. Paul makes it clear. Whether, therefore, you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God to call attention to him. Now read on in verse 36. And Simon, or Peter, whose house he was at, and those who were with him searched for him. Interesting word, searched. It's the only time it's used in the New Testament. And it literally means, if you look at how it was used in secular Greek, they hunted him down. They were looking for Jesus. Now, I have the best administrative assistant in the world. Irene Knott rocks. And she, yeah, yeah, she's awesome. She protects me. She protects my schedule. She fits things in when they're supposed to, keeps me on track. But every once in a while, when I need to get away, and I'm here at the church, there's certain places I go hide then nobody knows where they are. I'm not going to tell you either where they are. And then when I leave those hiding places and come back to my office, Irene will often come in and say, where have you been? We've all been looking for you. 
Not that I'm this big important person, but they had some answer they needed for some question. Where have you been? That's what I think of this passage. Peter and his friends are like, Jesus, where have you been? We've been hunting you down. Now it's almost a term of annoyance. Because look what it says in verse 37. They found him and said, everybody's looking for you. Why were they so annoyed? Here's why. Previous passage says, after he healed Peter's mother-in-law, crowds came around the house. And the disciples are seeing, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for you to go kiss some babies and shake some hands and build your popularity so that we can get this kingdom we're going after. Where were you? What's going on? You see, Jesus found that making prayer priority protects us from distractions. Because if you look at verse 38, look what Jesus said. Let's go to the next towns. So I can, next towns, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. There's crowds of people here. There's crowds of people here. What do you mean go to the next towns? He says, let's go to the next towns that I may preach there also. Read it with me. For that is why I came out. I love that. Making prayer a priority protects you from distractions. It protects you from pressure of others, which can get you off course. You are here to fulfill a purpose. God called you. God gifted you. God equipped you. God's given you a personality. He's given you a ministry to fulfill a purpose. But so often it's easy to get off track and forget why we're here. And that God has a unique purpose for you to fulfill. I think of this passage in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. When God is speaking to Jeremiah, let's look at that. And I want you, as you read this, put yourself like God is speaking to you. Like God is speaking to you, Keith. God is speaking to you, Jason. I want you to picture yourself in this situation. Look what God said. Matter of fact, let, let's read it together, please. Before I formed you in the womb, read it out loud, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, read it with me, Ah, Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak. For I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. Say it again. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. What he calls you to do, he equips you to do. And then in verse 10, 
He says this, read it with me. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Watch this. Jeremiah was going to prophesy the fact that they're going into bondage. And so he's afraid to bring the message. But God said, I made you for this. I created you for this, mama. I created you for this, daddy. I created you for this, young man, young woman. And God has a purpose. And prayer, when you make it a priority, protects you from distractions and keeps you focused on what you need to be focused upon. Verse 39, it says, He went through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. See, Jesus could have been distracted by others who say to him, look at you. Look at you. Look what's going on. Chuck Swindell, who's a former president of Dallas Seminary, when he was preaching in chapel, I'll never forget the chapel, he stood up before us as men and women leaders, and he said, guys and gals, my prayer for you is that when you get out in ministry, that God will deliver you from believing your own press releases. That was so good. Because it's so easy to say, look at me. Look at you. Look at what's going on. Making prayer a priority protects you from distraction. But not only does it do that, making prayer a priority provides directions. Look at verse 39 again. It says, he went throughout all Galilee. Why? To do what he came to do. To fulfill what he was called to do. Making prayer a priority protects you from distractions. Making prayer a priority provides you direction. Here's the third point. Make prayer a priority. Make prayer a priority. To be a marked man or woman. And as the team comes at this time, I want us to just think about what it means to truly make prayer a priority. What would it look like for prayer to be a full priority? For prayer to be a priority in our life? What would it look like? You see, we sang a song to start with, this is how we fight our battles. Through prayer, through praise, through thanksgiving. What would it be like this coming week if you were to focus in on the fact than making prayer a priority. What would it be like if I challenged you this week over the next seven days when you first wake up, instead of checking your phone, checking your Facebook, you got on your knees before your father and said, give me direction today. Give me courage today. Give me peace today. See, when you make prayer a priority, it is then in those situations that we can then see God do supernatural things. And here's what I feel today. There are some of you here today who've got heavy burdens. You've got burdens for yourself. 
You got burdens for others in your family or in your workplace or in your situations. And you came here today looking for an answer from God. And so the answer for all of us is this, to make prayer a priority. Not only this coming week, but we're going to give you a chance right now as we open up the altar right here. And as the band begins to play just instrumental music, as they play, I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And I'm going to invite you to come forward and use this altar as a place where you can unburden your burdens. You can lay them at the feet of the cross and watch God work. I invite you right now to come forward right here, and then we're going to pray together. Whether it's a burden you're carrying or whether you want to pray for someone, go ahead, come on down. The instruments are going to start to play, and you're going to come down, and I invite you to come, and we're going to pray, and we're going to pray together. I invite you to come right now. Please come. Whether you're going through a struggle, whether it's a praise, whether it's something that you need God's hand upon your life. And I'm going to ask those leaders that are here, would you come and stand behind these men and women? You as men and women leaders in our church, come and stand behind them to show your support, to show your encouragement to you. Come, come, kneel down, come here. We're going to pray together. We're going to choose to make prayer a priority. And as a result, to be protected from distraction, be protected from defeat, be protected from discouragement. And we're going to ask God to work. And you as leaders, come and stand behind those that are here, please. And stand behind them. And we're going to pray together as we make prayer a priority. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray for my brothers and sisters here who are burdened down with cares, discouragement, need for wisdom, need for strength, need for power, need for healing, need for intervention on your behalf need, Father, for connection. I pray, Father, for family members who wandered from you, and I pray that you'll bring them back. I pray, Father, that you'll provide where there's a need for jobs. I pray that you'll provide the right job for each one here. Father, I pray for those that are going through physical illness this past week. They got a report from the doctor, and they're struggling with how to handle this. They're worried, they're anxious. Father, lift up that anxiety and fill it with peace and bring healing to their body. Father, I pray for those who are emotionally struggling with depression, with despondency, with discouragement. Father, surround them with men and women who can be an encouragement to them and allow them to see that you care. Father, I pray for those that are confused about their future and they're wondering what they need to do. Father, I pray that they'll trust in you with all their heart and lean on their own understanding and all their ways to acknowledge you. You'll direct their paths. Father, I pray for marriages that are struggling. Father, I pray that you will shut out the enemy from doing anything to divide and conquer. 
I pray, Father, that she'll bring healing and forgiveness. She'll connect men and women with counselors who can help their marriages. And Father, this is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles, through prayer, through thanksgiving, by making prayer a priority. Father, may we be a congregation who's marked with prayer. May we be a house of prayer that men and women can come with their struggles, with their difficulties, and present it to you and watch you do supernatural things. Oh, Father, I thank you for the humility of each person here who kneels before you at the cross. Fill them now with peace, with victory, with confidence that you're at work and we'll give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, let's thank him that he answers prayer and that he is here for us. I invite you to go back to your seats and we're going to sing together as a congregation that song of praise and victory. This is how I fight my battles on my knees. Let's worship him together.